Zenith Hansrud. Today we're going to indulge in one of my passions, food. And we're going to explore the cuisine from the Levant, you know, that area of the world that covers Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Palestine and other countries. We're going to meet two Syrians, a man and a woman, who have settled in Paris and work here. And in a typical Gujarati style, we're going to start with sweets. Right now, we are at L'Hôtel de Ville, a neighborhood in central Paris, a busy one you can hear. And we're walking towards Maison Aleph, founded and owned by Miriam Sabet. The shop is a welcome oasis in the hustle and bustle of a city. It is beautifully styled in white and baby blue, sleek Middle Eastern geometrical patterns. Hello, Miriam. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. So we're in your beautiful shop, Welcome. Which, which opened less than a year ago. Yeah, in July. And this is where I had the most tasteful rose sherbet. Thank you, thank you. And on display here we have all your own creations and they've been largely inspired by the Levant but with your own twist. It took me like two, three years to create those pastry because I wanted to keep some memories from uh, my childhood and I wanted to make it less uh, fat, less sweet but also to make those flavors and those textures make them discover to the maximum uh, people uh, possible here in Paris. I started from uh, from a traditional dessert or traditional texture and then imagine how I would love to eat it. When I started the project three years ago it was the season of the Galette des Rois in France. It gave me the idea of twisting or working a new baklava using the filo pastry But inside, instead of having just uh, like chunks of pistachio, having a French traditional type of uh, cream. So, and we call them Milaine Feuille, thousand and one leaves. The reminder of the of thousand and nine fairy tales. Of course. <laughs> and to also the French pastry of Millefeuille. So we did the traditional one with pistachio and orange blossom. I loved working the alva, which is uh, really my dessert when I was uh, young. Alva is a paste of uh, sesame. And so I uh, tried with the sesame paste and cream. Taine, which is the cream. Alva is the paste and sesame seeds. You started with the thousand and one We started with this, but I already had also the idea of reinterpreting what we call in Arabic the Ashul Bulbul. It's a nest. And I the, the bird is called Bulbul. Yeah, this is made of what we call Kadaif, Kadaifi in English. It's a shredded phyllo pastry. It has the advantage of being uh, very crispy when it's baked in butter with a syrup. But usually it's pretty heavy because it's fried and with a lot of butter and a lot of sugar. I made a light version, which and I, I've tasted those. It's it's so interesting because you have the crispy texture of something which is brittle, and then inside you have a variety of fillings which are all very delicate. So here you have 
pistachio from Iran. Mm -hmm. And this one, this is what we call the nid de voyage, just to take inspiration from the pastry of voyage in French, that are pastry we take uh, on a trip that you don't need to put them in the fridge. So um, Arabica coffee, dark chocolate, hazelnut. I grew up in Aleppo in a house where we had uh, cedra. I don't know how you would say cedra in English. And uh, Bigaradier, which are Sevilla orange. And I really wanted to make people discover those tastes that I knew when I was a kid. It's largely inspired by what still leaves an impression from your childhood. Yeah, definitely. Childhood and also when I used to come back to Aleppo and during the summer and to taste mastic ice cream. What is mastic? Mastic is the sap of a tree of the family of pistachio lenticalis, widely used in Mediterranean pastries, so Greek, Turkish, Middle East, North Africa, and it's today mostly harvested in a Greek island called Chios. And it gives a taste which is very smooth, goes perfectly well with pistachio and almond, and also will give a structure, give some elasticity to the cream. So let's have a look here at the nid pâtissier which is a different version from the bulbul nest. Actually you have two flavors. Each flavor is chosen to create a harmony of flavor. Inside the nest it's usually fruits worked uh, like marmalade or confit. But on top what is it's, it? It's a cream? It's a whipped cream infused during 24 hours to give a very nice taste. And then also you have rose water. That was something I really wanted to put on the menu. There's a tradition in the Middle East and tradition that I have known in, in Aleppo to preserve in a certain way the fruits and the flowers at their peak season to be able to drink fruits and flour all year long without losing all the vitamins because uh, it's syrups that are done without heating. Here we dilute them with water, source water and they're very refreshing and they're full of taste and I'm very happy to have done that here. So you took a degree in French pastry and then you went to learn a traditional a Syrian pastry with a chef in Canada, in Montreal. I really learned the basics of the Syrian pastry. I wanted really to respect the tradition. And as in the French pastry, I really wanted to understand how it's made. It was fundamental for me to have the basics in French and Syrian pastry in order to come back to the basics whenever I was lost in my creation and I didn't know how to make them evolve. We had to write our recipe in a way that they are still gourmand, <laughs> tasty, full of pleasure, but with less sweet and less fat. But the art of pastry is also the art of precision. You have to be very careful and balance all the ingredients to attain the right flavor and texture. It's really chemistry. I think for the nest to get the right crispiness, the right baking, the right amount of sugar, the right amount of butter, maybe I've done 60, 70 different tests. And every time you change just one parameter and you see the result and you change another parameter and you know the results and you really need to be making a lot a lot of tests to have the right amount of time the right temperature the right dose and it takes a lot of time how does one create new pastry 
The creation comes from what I would like to make people know, discover. Uh-huh. Like, for example, now we're going to launch a neat voyage around the tamarind. The sweet version of it is not at all known in France. And we mixed it with almond paste. The outcome is pretty nice. We're going to work also zata, which is wild oregano with chocolate and peach. The idea always is to procure pleasure. And if at the same time our clients get to discover new flavor, the deal is done. <laughs> the objective is, <laughs> is achieved, yeah. You spent your career in finance as an investment banker and as a trader. And then suddenly you decided at 36 that you're going to change and adopt a completely different route. How does that happen? It's funny because every time people talk to me, obviously, about my previous life, I have the impression that I've always been in pastry. I liked what I was doing before. I liked the energy of it. I liked the adrenaline of it. I liked the fact that as a young woman, I was challenged to do things that are demanding. But the way I got into it is after 12 years in finance and after the birth of my first child, I was looking for something that was more meaningful to, to me. Maybe it was my response to the drama happening in the region to see what can I be doing to honor a heritage that is totally being destroyed. I don't think about it like this, but I've been asked this question several times. I'm like, maybe that's my way of contributing to honor uh, a heritage and to make it here in Paris in a city where there's so many offers of pastry shop. I'm very glad of the positive response we're getting. Precisely. You've been open for less than a year. How is business going? But is it very time consuming? It's only time consuming. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, if only I cannot sleep, I'm not even sure I would have enough time to do everything that I have to do. Obviously, with a young family also, I have now two kids, a two-year boy. So it's a business that is taking all the time, all the time, every day. So it's challenging, it's difficult, but I'm very happy that every month we're improving and we're very happy that some French designers are asking us to do their fashion week buffet. So every day is a battle and every day is victory. Thank you, Miriam Sabet. Thank you. moved to northern Paris in a neighborhood called La Chapelle to meet Emad Shoshara, or Chef Emad as he likes to be called. The 35-year-old chef arrived in France in 2015 and he told me he's experimenting in Syrian food concept, combining classical Syrian recipes with ingredients and techniques from the countries he's passing through. And right now, it's France. Hi. Hi, Chef Emad. How are you? How are you How doing? Are you? Fine, I'm good. Okay, let's go outside. Okay. I'll follow you. Thank you for taking time for us, because today it's a very busy day. You're preparing food for a reception tonight. Yes, you are welcome. We're here in the the kitchen of the venue. And what are you preparing, Chef Emad? Today, just only two kinds of mazze, salad to pasta, 
and I'm doing green bean that's mixed with garlic and mint and parsley and some pieces of Syrian like sesame, black sesame, sumac and za'atar. And you always start by taking care of your knife. That's the most important thing, to take care of my knife, to sharp it, to keep it always ready. And do you choose your knives very carefully? Yes. Are they expensive? Yes, it's expensive. In general, all the materials of the kitchen is expensive when you're looking for good things. So it's quite long to cut it, to clean it, and then to cook it. But it's really delicious, and it's deserved to take all this time to prepare. You said you're experimenting in Syrian food concept. It's the, the same basic of the Syrian uh, cuisine, but I adapt it with some uh, French ingredients and the same way that French people, they like to eat it. For example, French people, they like to talk when they eat. They take one hour to, to eat something that takes five minutes. So it's, it's not just eating something, it's sharing food and talk about food. So that's why I, I present my food in French way. What traditional Syrian recipe have you adapted? All the kind of mazé, the hummus, the caviar de bergine, the baba ganoush, caviar de courgette, and many others that we can share when you eat it. You've explored quite a bit with hummus, haven't you? Yes. French people, they love hummus, and it's really something delicious to, to do. But it's a quite heavy on the stomach. So because it is made with chickpeas. Exactly, yes. When you mix it with the sauce tahini and uh, some other stuff like garlic and cumin. It's not exactly a very light dish. Exactly. It's really so light. you've adapted it. Yes. Create a new, new kind of hummus, like hummus with betrave. Beetroot. Exactly. And uh, hummus with uh, foca and hummus with carrot. And finally, I did the same way of hummus, the, the basic of hummus, but without chickpeas. So that's much better for people like me who love hummus and who have to be very careful about their figure. If you want to talk about regime. <laughs> and being on a diet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's made with what? Pumpkin? Grilled or roasted. Then I mix it with the sauce of tahine, that's in French called sauce of sesame, and lemon, cumin, and garlic. That's all. It's the same basic of the hummus, normal hummus. And I suppose the success is in the right dosage of the ingredients. Yes, how to mix that, how to give the taste, and how to choose the quantity of... Uh, of all the various ingredients. Yes. I'm always I'm trying to mix Chinese stuff or Japanese or uh, even French ingredients with the Syrian kitchen. Some of them, they work very well, and some of them... I eat it by myself, and I will never repeat it again. <laughs> how do you get inspired? I mean, how do you invent your new recipes? This is the passion. When we talk about love cooking, it's something you, you can't control. You have a desire to do things, to create things, especially when you spend all your time in the kitchen. So always we're thinking about creating new things, something delicious, something no, no one has done before, and this is the challenge to cook and to create new things. And what inspires you? My country and my culture. As I take the cooking by my mother and my grandmother. So that was in Syria? That was in Syria when I was a boy. 
I was in Damascus, the capital. Very different from the other. So Damascus, as we call it, the oldest city in the world. So we have some recipes that we do. Is it customary for small boys to be hanging in the kitchen with their mom and grandmothers? Normally, the girls who must be in the kitchen with the mothers. But uh, as I told you, I have a big passion. I was wondering how my mother is creating this, uh, this kind of uh, stuff. She used to cook for us, for the family. And I had the curiosity to, to know if I mix some stuff, what result I will get in the end. So I asked my mother when I, get, when I was 12, and she allowed me to be an, an assistant in the kitchen, and she was very happy. But your mom was cooking for a family only, yes, not, yes. not for a restaurant? No, no, for the family. And do you have any brothers and sisters? Yep. Were they as passionate about food as you are? No one, just me. Back in Syria, you were managing a transport company. How does one shift from being a businessman to a cook? I had to be forced to leave my country in 2012. It was quite difficult to find the same job that I used to do in my country. So I take the easy way that I'm really good in cooking, but this time I'm going to do it in a professional way, not just for my family or my friends. Did you have to study later on? I get some training in France to learn the basics, to be ready to have my own uh, company. You have a signature dish, don't you, Chef Imad? Yes, I do. Which one? Uh, the baba ganoush and the caviar au aubergine. But the baba ganoush is a classical recipe. Yes, it's a classic recipe, but I have my own way. It's quite far from the, the basic one, and it's really delicious. Well, we'll only know that if we get to taste your baba ganoush, Chef I'm going to cook it for you today. Well, thank you very much. You're We're welcome. much honored. You're welcome. Do you have any favorite ingredients? If we talk about vegetable, I love eggplant and I love zucchini. And I have noted that French people, they love eggplant as well. So recently I have made more than 25 recipes with eggplant. What do you like so much about eggplant? You can cut it as you want, you can grill it, you can fry it, you can put it in the oven, you can do it uh, as you like. And it's really flexible, vegetable to be cooked. Your next project is to set up a venue for chefs in Paris. It's open kitchen. France is the, the real place for a chef to work. It's a legend. There is many people who's coming from different countries just to learn how to cook. And I think it's a good chance for me to present my Syrian cuisine and as well uh, sharing cooking by other chefs. Like I'm, I'm today, I'm a Syrian chef who's cooking in France. That will be very lovely to cook with other chefs. French people or English people or even African people. This is the pleasure to be cooking with many other kind of culture. It's going to be a place where various chefs will be able to cook food for people? Yes, exactly. And the, the same way it will be a small school to teaching people how to cook. So it will be like an, a United Nations of chefs? Yes, sport chef. Do you cook with your senses, I mean, with your eyes, with your ears? I had the same question yesterday from a friend of mine. He told me, what are you going to do in Ramadan? If you're doing Ramadan, how are you going to cook? Yes, I feel it. And my hands, when I touch the vegetable or touch, touching something, I feel when I'm cooking and I smell and I can't see it. I don't need to test it. If I'm doing something like the right moment, I'm cutting stuff and I have something in the... On the stove? Yes, I can hear it. 
if it's well done, it's cook it or not, or if there is water or not, or if there is oil or not. I can hear it and I, can, I know how it's going on there. I don't have to watch it every two minutes. As a chef, do you have groupies? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Are you being very shy? Uh, a little bit, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chef Imad, for having us in your kitchen. You are welcome. Thank you for being here. We're not done yet. Chef Imad kept his promise and made his very own baba ganoush for us. And that's how it went. I'm frying the egg planet to do my uh, baba ganoush. Normally baba ganoush must be in the oven. Not, not frying, but this is my way. I'm shopping the coriander for the baba ganoush. Now you're preparing the garlic. Yes, I'm peeling the garlic. And you're going to crush it in a mortar. Yes. Why don't you use an electric mixer? It's not the same result. I, I needed to take it as a cream. I want a cream garlic, not pieces, because I'm going to mix it with the vegetables. I don't want who eat it to note it that there is garlic. I'm just going to give it the, the taste of the garlic, but not even to crush the garlic in your teeth. So, what do we have here? We have baba ganoush. The chef Imad's baba ganoush. Oh, yes. So, even serving me in this humble kitchen, you felt it was very important to have a nice way of presenting the food. Yes, as we say in Arab, eyes is eating before the mouth. So it's very important to present in a good way. Now your, your baba ganoush is ready? Yes. Please have a taste it. Tell me how do you feel. Oh my God, it's fantastic. It has a very nutty taste. The aubergine is very much present. And the pomegranate molasse adds a special kick to the taste. And the garlic and coriander surrounds it. You're quite right, Chef Imad. Your baba ganoush is quite unique. Yeah, thank you. Um, how did you invent that? It's a difficult question. <laughs> like, I like baba ganoush, the basic that we did in every time, everywhere. But I'm thinking to do it more refined and uh, as you say the the egg planet the, the aubergine you can see it and you can taste it by fried but when you get in the oven it's completely like a cream so you decided to fry it so that it yes. has a very strong note yes exactly and to change a little bit the ingredients i add uh, mirrors of pomegranate uh, and uh, the way i mix it and smash it is completely different it would have taste different if you've put it in an electric mixer. It would be cream. You're, gonna, you're not going to get the taste of the egg planet when you mix it, if you see what I mean. 
野菜重が。